Hey, kia ora. Amazing church. How are you doing? Hey, I was pretty excited to preach last week and uh, yeah, had some good feedback, which was cool. And then super excited this week. This was a weird sermon to write. I really struggled with this and just kept, you know, praying and uh, working away. And then um, I went home one evening and I was like, man, I just got to keep working on this thing. And then the, the whole end just kind of popped together, which was awesome and I got super excited so um, when we get to the end of the sermon hopefully you'll see me very excited and and see why okay so that's where we're going hey I'm the lead elder um, this Sunday so uh, as you know we have a lead elder each Sunday and their job is they get here about nine o'clock in the morning uh, on Sunday and their main job is to pray and be listening to the spirit and so you'll often see them just cruising around the building uh, talking to people tech team you know children's people uh, you know, ministry people, the sermon, the worship, and just praying for them and encouraging them and listening to the Spirit, praying for people as they come in and stuff. So um, that's the job of the lead out each Sunday. And also they take part in the service and just to, to lead us in prayer and maybe a thought that God's put on their heart. So, yeah, so that's the lead elder um, bit. So um, I just want to read a little verse and then I'll, I'll pray and then get into the sermon. And um, I mean, catching up with heaps of people is part of my job, right, Josephine as well. And... One of the things we keep um, hearing is just people anxious, right? It's not rocket science. Um, people worrying about their business, people worrying about their job, um, people worrying about getting COVID, um, all these kind of things. And so I was doing a little study on just our mind, right? Um, using our mind wisely to be careful. The way I keep thinking of it is to not fall down these rabbit holes of worry and fear and anxiety, because that's what happens. You you fall down and before you realise that you're worrying and, and feel and you've got to catch yourself before you fall down, otherwise you're in trouble. And um, so I was doing a bit of study and this verse just kept jumping out at me. So this is um, 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 18. I'll read from verse 16. So Paul's kind of wrapping up this letter to this, um, this really awesome church in Thessalonica. And he says, always be joyful. Woo! Never stop praying. Whoa. <laughs> uh, and then verse 18. This is the one. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. We belong to Christ Jesus. We want to follow the will of God for us. And Paul says these three things, but it's that last one. Be thankful in all situations. And so a few people that I've caught up this week, I've reminded them to, to, to make some records, take some time to think back over the times that God has protected them, provided for them, blessed them, cared them. What are some of the good things God's brought in to their life maybe take two or three minutes and, and, and like set a little timer um, on a device or whatever and, and, and literally say I'm going to take three minutes now and I'm just going to list down all the things that I can be thankful to the Lord for um, my, my current health uh, my massive biceps no I'm joking you know serious things like I have an amazing wife I have awesome kids I have a cool job with crazy staff and uh, yeah, for me I, I um I want to encourage you in that, eh? if you belong to Jesus Christ, as the verse says, we're called to be thankful in all things, which is like, whoa, because we're within the will of God, because he's got us. Um, so maybe you could do that list, three minutes. I'm just going to list down the things I'm thankful for, and then we can come back to that list and back to that list and be thankful to God for, 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 for the good he brings into our life, because we can miss it, and we, and we fall down a rabbit hole of, of just worry, fear, anxiety. Eh? Let, me, let me pray for us, yeah. Yeah, almighty God, this is a crazy time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, we just had that staff meeting and we're trying to plan the staff. Uh, how do we navigate the next few months uh, in pastoral care sense, caring for people? 
um, and we don't even know what's happening <laughs> next week. Um, yeah, we've got the cafe and we're worried there what's happening. And I just thank you that you've got us, God. Um, I thank you that you've got us, that we don't need to fear. We don't need to fall down that, that rabbit hole of, of worry and what ifs and, and all this. We know that you, you have us, that you care for us, that you will guide us, you will protect us, you will bless us. Yeah, I just pray for these cool people uh, connecting in, whether they're out at the, the awesome house church, uh, whether they're watching online somewhere. Um, I just pray as they make that list, eh? or as they take time to maybe chat to a friend about this, and that you would bring to mind the many, many, many things they have to be thankful for, the times you've blessed them, cared for them, protected them, provided for them, uh, the love you've brought into their life, the times of awesome worship and connection with you, the beauty of creation. I mean, so much we have to be thankful for, God. Help us to, to, to take our crazy thoughts captive and direct them to you and to flood our minds with the word of God because that lifts our souls and sets our eyes on you. Yeah, be with us now as I preach. Hey, give uh, us good ears to hear what you want to say. Um, help me to unpack these awesome scriptures really well. Pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yeah, amen. Amen. Alrighty, hey, so we are in the fourth uh, of this kind of, we're like a vision series for the year, talking about this whole reaching out thing. Um, and as you can see, we've got this kind of title, uh, Looking Forward, Looking Outward. So we're looking forward to the year, and we want to look outward. And as I've said a bunch of times, we still want to do the good that we're doing, caring for one another, blessing one another. Um, I was just uh, been emailing with a couple of cool ladies in the church who were going to um, set aside a couple of afternoons and so on and do a whole bunch of cooking. Some people donated a mountain of meat to the church so we can prepare a whole bunch of meals. So, you know, people are now our church family who are in need because they're isolating or they're sick or they're popping out humans or whatever we can bless. We want to keep doing that, but we want to reach out, right? So this is the fourth one in that whole um, that whole series. And, and this is what I want to talk about. Um, what I want to talk about today, right? Uh, the power of compassion in reaching out. So last week I talked about the power of prayer in reaching out. The Sunday before that, Chris talked about the power of the gospel. And today I want to talk about the power of compassion in reaching out. I want to start with a terrible story, right? Um, I think I've said this one before, and this is hilarious. Now, now the guy that did this has totally given permission for me to use this because this is a terrible story about him. So let me tell you. So when, um, as you know, I lived in America for a bunch of years, and in one of my classes, um, a guy came in who was now a pastor and was talking to us about pastory stuff. And uh, one of the things he was talking about is the importance of sharing the gospel, sharing our faith, sharing the truth about Jesus. And he told this crazy story that, um, back in the day, uh, he was at university, and he joined a group that's an awesome group uh, where they were encouraged to share their faith regularly each day. And he said the group started out cool, but then the group started getting very legalistic. And he said in a very short amount of time, they had a rule that you had to share your faith at least 10, 10 times a day to stay in the group, right? And if you didn't, you'd get kicked out. And he said it was crazy legalistic. legalistic. But because he was in the group, he didn't click how legalistic it was because he was part of the group, right? Um, and he said, not only that, they then needed to define how much of, of your faith do you need to share to be able to tick off one of those people for the day. So he said they had a little booklet they used, and you had to get to a certain page in the booklet. And if you got to that page, then and then the person said, get lost or whatever, you, you made it to that page so you could tick off one of your ten for the day. And it was very intense and very competitive, and he would say, and I would say, very unchristian. That's just not... 
the way of Jesus. I don't even remember seeing Jesus in the Gospels with his list and come on, disciples. So he said um, it got so competitive and so intense uh, that that one of the examples he gave was um, he said bus stops are a good place to go and talk to people. So he said someone at a bus stop can't run away (laughs) no matter what you're doing because they're waiting for the bus. And he said one day he was talking to someone and it was his 10th person for the day. I think it was late in the evening or something crazy. He had his little book out. He was talking to someone. They were like, bro, I'm not interested. I don't want to hear it. But he was upset. I've got to get this last person. You know, it's my 10th person of the day. And he said, and then he was kind of shouting at them. And then the bus turned up. And he said, they were trying to get on the bus. He said, they were kind of half on the bus, half off. He was holding on to their clothes, trying to stop them with the book, screaming at them, trying to get to the certain page. And he said, all of a sudden it hit them, hit him. This is not the way of Jesus. This is not the way to share our faith. This is not the way Jesus wants us to um, have compassion on those that we're reaching out for. So uh, last Sunday, we gave it those little cards. Um, again, if you uh, at the House Church, uh, we've got some more for you. Um, if you are just watching online, you can pop into the cafe. We put a bunch aside for you. Just little cards that you could write the names of the people that you're praying for. And I, I hope, you're not, I'm sure you're not, you're not like shaking them and like trying to get through your book with them or anything crazy like that. So what does this mean? Uh, to reach out with compassion, right? What does that kind of... Um, Look like so. I just got a couple of points. Eh? These are, I think, these are pretty cool points. But feel free to judge, right? Uh, here's the first one. Uh, compassion is not just talking about Jesus; it's being Jesus, right? Compassion is not just talking about Jesus; it's being Jesus. It's not just trying to get the message across and tell people; it's living out our faith, right? Living out the love of Jesus Christ uh, for people. And I, I got a whole bunch of verses I want to look at. Here's the first one. Um, Galatians 6, uh, 9 and 10. So if you've got your Bible, eh, jump over there. Um, Galatians 6, where are we? Um, 9 and 10. Um, he says, uh, this Paul is writing to um, the church in Galatia, and he says, let's just not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And this, this last bit's the key one. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone especially those in the family of faith, right? Um, we should do good to, to everyone, especially those in the family of faith, right? So we're thinking about having compassion, uh, showing compassion uh, on, on those that we want to see come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, come to the truth of Jesus Christ and experience his blessing and his love in their life. How do, how do I have that compassion? So um, kind of a silly story, right? So I love to scooter at the moment on the e-scooters that you can hire. So I hire Neuron Scooters. Um, a dollar a day, crazy, right? Super cheap, live in Ham East. Takes me, my record is 11 minutes and 23 seconds uh, to get to work. Um, but that's normally like 13, 14 minutes to get over here. I put on worship music, have little earpods, and I just love it. Oh my gosh, I have a little playlist of my favorite worship songs, and I turn it up probably a little bit loud and apologize to my ears every now and then. And I am just scootering, and I'm singing, and I'm worshiping, and I probably look crazy, but I just do not care. I just absolutely love it at the moment. Um, so the other day, I think it was Tuesday afternoon, uh, I'd been working here in the morning, working on the sermon, I was feeling really stuck, and I'd been reading the, this verse that I just read, and I was scootering home, and I was blasting down uh, Victoria Street, right by the cathedral, uh, the Anglican Cathedral at the end, and I was just praying away, feeling stuck, and, and thinking about this verse, and all of a sudden, this, this sounds dumb, right? I, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, it takes me a while to think of things, so don't judge me too harshly here, and all of a sudden, I was like... Oh my gosh, 
the three people I'm praying for? Am I doing good for them? And it just kind of flipped the whole way I was thinking about them. I've been thinking about, I need opportunities to share my faith and all this. And, and it just flipped the whole thing. Paul is calling out to me and he's saying, part of sharing my faith, part of living a life of compassion, living Jesus to these people I'm, I'm wanting to see come to the knowledge of Jesus is to do good to them. And it was the, I was, I literally remember I was blasting along, blasting 25 kilometers an hour on my scooter, worship music cranking. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I had literally never thought of doing good to these people. What, what can I do? And I started like praying and kind of brainstorming with Jesus, something we're doing. I'm like, what do you reckon? Jesus got ideas. How could I do good? And started thinking, how could I do good to these people, right? How could I bring blessing and hope and joy into their life, along with sharing my faith, right? That's kind of where I'm, where I'm going. How about you, eh? Um, how about you? How about these people that you're um, praying for? Maybe friends, maybe family, whanau, um, that you're praying for. H have you added that into it? It's not just, oh, I need an opportunity to share. How can you do good to them? It's what Paul tells us to do. Do good to everyone, right? Do good to everyone. Um, I love that, right? It's, it's living out our faith. And I love how Paul says, especially um, those of the family of faith, right? Especially. Do good to everyone, but man, especially Agora Church is what he's saying, right? Um, do good to everyone, but especially those legends at Agora Church. And one of my favorite verses I always go to when I think about this, and this is kind of weird, is this one here, right? Um, oh, uh, Romans 12.10. I love this verse, Romans 12.10. Outdo one another in showing honour, he says. Outdo one another in showing honour. And the honour, the word honour he uses means in, in giving value to one another, right? And caring for one another, lifting one another up. And I always love that idea of outdo, right? Outdo. And I just think this is one of the coolest parts of Christianity. And I would just love to be in a church where we're trying to outdo in a humble Jesus way, not in a check me out, I'm more awesome than everyone else. I don't know, doing my gangster moves, whatever. Um, yeah, check me out. I'm so amazing. Look how I'm outdoing you all in love and, and honor. It's not meaning like that. It's meaning like it's almost like this cool spiritual competition. And I was thinking about it this week. It'll be so cool. Say, so Chris is one of the pastors here. It'd be so cool if I was like, man, I am going to outdo Chris. And I, again, not in a silly way. And I, man, I want to love the pants off this guy. I just love him. It's awesome. How do I bless him? And I do something for him. And he comes back and he's like, oh, Craig, you think that was love? Check out this love here. And he does some amazing thing for me. And I'm like, man, that's nothing. You know what I mean? And I think as a human, we default to bad competition, right? Um, this is what Paul's saying. One of the things, do love to everyone, do good to everyone. But he's saying, man, the family of faith, part of our love for each other should be just this constant care where I show love to you and care for you and you bless me and then I bless someone. They bless and it's just this blessing, loving, honouring, caring, outdoing. Mm. I love that verse, eh? If that was too weird of an illustration for you, all good. I love that, eh? Hey, Jesus does this really well, right? This whole, what I'm talking about is we don't just share our faith in words, we share it in deeds, right? And, and who we are. And you see that Jesus do this all the time. So often Jesus doesn't just t teach. He heals and he blesses and does miracles and cool stuff like that. So um, I want to read this verse from John 4. And you guys know this um, verse super well, right? Where he meets the, um, the Samaritan woman, right? The lady from Samaria. And we can tell by the context that she's had a really, really tough life, right? Um, a really tough life. And uh, she's made some bad choices, it seems to be what it is. A um, bunch of husbands and um, whatever. And... 
Now she's really embarrassed. She, her life is filled with shame and a feeling of guilt. And she goes to get water in the middle of the day, which is when you'd never go because it's hot. You'd go early morning, late evening. Um, and, and Jesus seems to know this. That's why he's there and sends the disciples away. And what you see, you don't see Jesus judge, obviously. Um, but you also don't just see Jesus teach. He does. He heals her. <laughs> he heals her soul with his compassion, right? It's just beautiful. I just want to read a couple of verses here. Um, Romans 4, um, 7 to 10. I mean, Romans. John 4, 7 to 10, right? John 4, um, 7 to 10. Uh, let me get over there. Um, John 4, 7 to 10. As soon as Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Um, he was alone at that time because the disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. I, I think this is intentional because they would freak out. Because, um, well, It says it in the next verse, verse, verse 9. The woman was surprised. In other words, she's shocked, right? For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. A very racist whole thing. Long story, right? Um, and she said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, and there's some teaching in here, but there's some massive healing coming. If, only, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you water. And he, she carries on. She still stays practical, but you don't even have a rope and a bucket. How are you getting water? And he's like, whoa, whoa, I'm talking spiritual. And he, he brings all this healing to her. Um, I, I love this, right? He, he cares for her first. He shows love to her and brings healing to her soul, literally. I mean, you keep reading the story and it's like, Psh, how she changes. Um, and this gives him a right. This gives him an access to share the truth about who he is and what true worship of God is and, and all that. Um, you guys know Tom McIver, right? Tom McIver, one of the craziest, coolest, nuttiest, um, in, a, in a good way, right? Um, Christians ever. I mean, he's just, yeah, slightly nutty, but incredibly awesome. I don't know. If you know Tom, you know what I mean. I love you, Tom. Um, and Tom, I used to run a Bible college and always had Tom come and do a whole pile of, I think he did like 30 lectures, on youth leadership, right? Because heaps of the students are wanting to um, be better in youth ministry and Tom did a whole pile of just mind-blowing, phenomenal, excellent lectures on youth leadership. And often, because um, I'm a goose, I would say to some of the students before the lectures started, because they had never met this Tom guy, I'd say, he's going to say a phrase and he will say it a thousand times. And so after the first lecture, see if you can come to me and quote me the phrase. And heaps of them would be like, what are you talking about? But then after the first lecture, they'd be like, oh my gosh, he's already said it like 20 times. But they'd always say, oh my gosh, that is one of the most helpful phrases I have ever heard in leadership. So I always mix it up. So I wrote it down. Tom would say this, I don't know how many times in all these lectures, but it was always. And if you know Tom, you've heard this, right? Um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's what you see Jesus do. Right? It's what Paul's saying. Do good to everyone. It, it, it gives you a right. Not that we're looking for just the right, but we want to care for them genuinely. But then we have, we have more access. We have more honor with them, more respect with them to, to share our faith and, and who we are. We want to tell about Jesus, but we want to live Jesus. We want to be Jesus. That's what I'm saying, eh? Hey, and you see this with Jesus, right? He's compassion all the time. Like you constantly, this is about every other page of the gospel, saying so Jesus had compassion on them. Jesus had compassion on them, right? Um, he's doing good for them and he's teaching them. It's never just one or the other. There's always this combination. Um, Matthew 14, 14, the classic one, right? When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd 
and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. And whenever he healed, he taught, right? It's this combination. I, I, it's kind of obvious where I'm going, right? I'm, the wrong thing would be to, to be just trying to tell people. It's the illustration, right? The grabbing, the shaking, the, I've got to get to my page in my book, you know? I'm trying to get another tick in my thing of sharing my faith. It's like, what? That's not part of the Bible. Part of the Bible is that that loving that person, wanting to do good to them, wanting to be Jesus to them as well as show Jesus to them, teach Jesus to them, share our faith, be you know, pretty obvious. Hey, here's a quote from um, Trip Prince that I think sums us up uh, really well. Let me read this um, to you. Uh, However, at the heart of our mission as Christians lies the invitation for us to be formed into the likeness of Christ. I love that. If this is to be true of us, we excuse me, we need to not only receive the compassion of Christ, but we must become compassionate people ourselves. We must learn to open our hearts and lives to a world in need and be moved with compassion, joining Christ in the renewal of all things. Oh my gosh, I just love that verse. I mean that quote. I just love that. Invited into the compassion of Christ. The compassion of Christ has saved us, has rescued us. We must now reflect that compassion we have received to those around us, to our friends, to our family. It's not just a bunch of names on a card that I'm praying for every morning and God, sort them out, you know. It's not even God, save them and give me a chance to share my faith. It's now, it's like, oh, how do I do good to these? How do I love? How do I have compassion on these people, right? Man, my ultimate goal is to see them in a relationship with Jesus, amen? That's my goal. But part of that is to just genuinely love them, to have compassion, to do good. What good for them? To scoot it down Victoria Street with worship music, planning with God. How do I do good to these people? Right? I love it. Hey, so that's the first point, right? Not only to love people as Jesus loves. He's the second one. This is where I started getting all excited, so I'll try not pop with excitement at this point. He's um, the second one, right? And number two, compassion, because it's literally heaven and hell, right? It's literally heaven and hell. This next verse Woo, this next verse is pretty powerful, eh? So Colossians 2, again, if you've got your Bible, um, boost over there. Colossians 2, 13 to, to 15, right? This is such a powerful passage. I want to read this one from Colossians 2, and then we're going to go back to um, Colossians chapter 1 and read a couple of verses there. Um, yeah, uh, where are we? Colossians 2, uh, 13 to 15. This is pretty grunty, I think. <laughs> So we're thinking of sharing our faith because of what matters. <laughs> Heaven and hell, man, life and death. <laughs> um, everything is on the line when it comes to sharing our faith. You were dead because of your sins. Because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God, I just love that, right? You're dead and you are toast. You're heading to hell, is what he's saying. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of charges against us, took it away by nailing it to the cross. Verse 15 is just wild. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Oh, I just love this, eh? I pulled out three kind of key things there. So where I'm going with this, I need to explain. Where I'm going is... Yeah, do good, Jesus, all that, right? I've talked about that. I think it's so important for me to be kind of broken for the people that I'm praying for, the people that I want to see come to faith, right? Because of what's at stake. Because of what's at stake. And, and, and these are three of the, the key things that Paul brings out in those um, verses there. 
First of all, someone who becomes a Christian is made alive with Christ. What that means is that the people that we're praying for, they are not alive in Christ. Therefore, they are dead. They have no connection with God. They have no ability for God to bring full blessing and joy and guidance and protection and joy. They don't have that. They do not have that. Second thing he says, forgiveness of our sins. Oh my gosh, and become a Christian. I've done a lot of sins. If you had them listed, you'd be reading for weeks, months, years. Trying to read all my sins. Gone. Dealt with. Past, present, and future. When I moved into a relationship with Jesus Christ, because he died on the cross to remove the evil, my disobedience, my horrible, my sin, is removed because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. My sins are forgiven. I am pure and holy and righteous and as beautiful as Jesus Christ is. Second Corinthians 5.21 right, makes that clear. Someone who's not a Christian is not. They have their sin. They are holding the weight of their guilt, their shame, their burden of being a sinner. They don't have that freedom that we have. They don't have that freedom. And then the last one is one that when I was studying, I was just like, man, I think I forget that. This last one, evil spiritual powers are disarmed. I don't want to get all crazy on this, but to stop for a second and realize the people that you're praying for do not have spiritual powers disarmed. Satan can do whatever he wants. Demons, whatever they want. Open season on the people you're praying for on your list for demons and Satan. <laughs> because they're not in a relationship with Jesus. So their sin has not been removed. They're dead to God. I broke when I was thinking about this, the people I'm praying for. To think that Satan's just like, yeah, what do we do today? How should we mess with them today? What evil and sin and broken relationships and addictions and shall I draw them into today? Now, I need to be Jesus. I need to do good. I need to share my faith because what is at stake? <laughs> I always say it to myself like this, heaven and hell, baby. <laughs> heaven and hell is what is at stake, man. Man, I need to pray. I think sometimes when we, when we think about this, though, we, we focus on the from of salvation. And we think too much of the from. I've been saved from. I've been saved from guilt, from sin, from shame, from hell. And I, I think for me, maybe not you, but for me, too often I then forget the two. I'm saved from, but I'm also saved to, right? I'm saved to fullness of life in Christ. I'm saved to blessing and guidance and joy and it's black and white, man. The change, the from, the to. It's like wow. I've got to crave that. I've got to desperately be broken before God for for that for those people that I love that I'm praying for. I've got to call out to God, God, I need you to save them from, and I need you to save them too. I don't want them to spend eternity in hell. I want them to have eternal life. I don't want them to have the burden of their sin and their shame and their guilt. I want them to have forgiveness of sin and the freedom and the access to God. And I get excited, right? This. This has messed with me this week, eh? Praying for these people and, and thinking about them so tangibly. Um, hey, I've got a couple of questions. So if you're in a house church, um, pause the video. Uh, if you're watching this online, pause the video. Um, these, some of these are pretty grunty. So if you want to ever chat with me or, or one of the leaders in the church, the staff, eh? Just um, feel free to get hold of us. Our details are all over the website, right? So here's a couple of questions. In church, we pause and discuss and then we share and it's a good time. 
So three questions this time. Three, what is this madness, right? Three questions. Uh, number one, do you often think of salvation as a from and to, or do you focus more on one part, like I've been talking about? Um, next one, what aspect of salvation gets you most excited or thankful? I was like, ooh, I know I wrote the question, so it sounds kind of weird, but when I wrote that one, I was like, ooh, ooh, that's a cool one. Which part gets me most excited, most thankful, most like, oh my gosh, before God, right? Um, and then last question, what aspect of salvation makes you most sad when you think of your non-Christian friends? There's an obvious one for me that every time I think about it, oh my gosh, it breaks me. Um, but what about you? When you think of your non-Christian friends and what they could be saved from too, what part gets you? Yeah. Hey, so um, if you're in the house church or at home, uh, maybe pause the video now. I always pause so you know to pause and then we'll carry on. Awesome. Hey, so let's carry on, eh? Um, so just a couple more verses, right? Um, so here, as I said, we'll go back to um, Colossians 1, uh, 11 to 14. Uh, so let me read this to us, Colossians 1, 11 to 14, right before that amazing passage from verse 15 on. Oh my gosh, I love that bit. Um, this is real similar to what I just read in Colossians 2. Um, so again, church in Colossae, Paul's writing this letter to them, and he says this. Um, we also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Mm, 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 mm. May you be filled with joy. Oh, always thanking the Father. Why? Why would I thank the Father? Why am I filled with joy? He explains. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Oh my gosh. Oh. I'm feeling frustrated because I wanted to unpack that verse, but I don't have any time. Ah, verse 13, moving on. Um, for, and this is the, the key bit that links back to what I've been saying. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sin. Oh my gosh, I, that's one of my favorite verses, right? I just, I love that. Um, it's not just salvation from the kingdom of darkness. It's salvation to the kingdom of his dear son. And I don't want to be horrible because I have a, we have family members, right, that we're praying for in this. So this is a heavy thing to be wrestling with and thinking about. But your family member, your friend, the person on that list, currently kingdom of darkness, currently under the rule of Satan. He can do what he wants with them. Um, we're going to live as Jesus before them. We are going to pour out our life to do good for them, to, to get that right, to get that access to share the truth of Jesus. We want to be Jesus so we can talk about Jesus, right? We have compassion on them. We want to scheme with God. I keep thinking, scheme with God. Okay, God, what's some good I can do to them, you know? Um, because we want to see them rescued from and rescued to. We want to see them rescued from the kingdom of darkness and rescued to the kingdom of of his son whom he loves. Oh, what a black and white change, right? I'll explain that, right? I just love that. I love that. It's not about getting our 10 converts a day, right? Remember that illustration? That's like, now you get it. You're like, oh my gosh, that's as far from the truth as, as you could get. It's about being Jesus and talking about Jesus, right? Hey, let me finish with this quote. This quote kind of broke me. <laughs> I was already pretty broken. This quote kind of broke me this week. So um, let me read this. This is from Jerry. Island. I was reading an article of his about all, all this, um, this stuff. Let me read this. Um, it's in two parts. Here's the first part. 
Uh, Jesus says uh, the church, church's mandate is witnessing for him, Acts 1.8, right, pretty clear. Uh, proclamation is certainly a key part of that witness. However, the Greek word translated as witnesses in Acts 1.8 is the same word from which we get the English word martyr. So I did a bit of, I can um, study Greek pretty easily. So I looked up Greek and checked it out, and this is true. That's the word that Jesus actually said. So this is the second part of the quote um, here. Witnessing to the life and ministry of Christ then involves a complete commitment of our words as well as our actions and even our very lives. Let me explain it and then I'm going to read that bit again. Jesus is saying, well, I've always understood this as be a witness. Go and tell people about me. That's what a witness does, tells the truth, right? But Jesus, there's a lot of words he could have used, but he specifically chose that word that we now use for the word martyr because it means go and be my, give your life, <laughs> For this truth that you're going to share. Does it make sense? Let me read the quote again. Witnessing to the life and ministry of Christ then involves a complete commitment of our words as well as our actions. We get that. We're like, yeah, 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 we get that. But then this last bit, and even our very lives, because of that word Jesus chose. That, to me, changes everything. Oh, my scooter. <laughs> How can I do good to these people? Now I've got to add to that. Not got to, but I want to add to that. Only be honest. This part blew my mind. I love those people. Praying for them. Want to do good. I want to be Jesus so I can teach about Jesus, talk about Jesus with them. According to Acts 1.8, am I ready to lay down my life for them? I just went, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It takes this whole thing to another level. That's what Jesus did, right? <laughs> the compassion of Jesus took him to the cross, right? For God so loved the world. He gave us only Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. What about you? Eh? Would you? Those people you're praying for, man. Would you lay down your life for them? That that's the extent that Jesus is calling us to go to in our compassion for them. It, to me, it puts a lot of things in perspective. It's not how do I fit them into my life. It's how do I fit my life around these people. <laughs> I want to let the Holy Spirit talk to you about that because I found that powerful, right? I found that powerful. Let me let me pray for us, eh? Um, yeah, Almighty God, this this changes a lot for me, eh? To be honest, um, I think I'm an, I'm such a consumeristic human. I kind of felt like fitting sharing my faith with these people into my life. You know, I'll I'll, I'll make sure I pray for them each morning. You know, I can I can fit that in. Um, yeah, I'll. I'll I'll even start thinking about how do I do good for them, but maybe it'll be this, you know, once a week I'll do some good for them and, and so on. But this last verse, which really unpacks what Jesus talks about in the Gospels, right? Laying down our life. Yeah, we want to emulate you, Jesus, but this, this calling now gets pretty full on. <laughs> pretty full on. Yeah, I pray for the good people uh, engaging right now with this, this teaching, eh? I pray you through your indwelling spirit would guide them uh, to, to process this, this, to think about this. How do they be Jesus to these people? How do they be compassionate? How do they, they talk about Jesus for sure, but be Jesus compassionate? How do they not just fit these people they love and they're praying for into their life, but fit their life around these people to bless them and love them? Oh my gosh. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. Praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Cool. Bless you. I have a
awesome rest of your day and awesome week. Kakita no.